Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams. I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how is your soul tonight? What is this robotic entrance that you got going? I'm doing good, man. I just, yeah, just drove in some snow, you know, but I'm here now. Listen, I don't think that was very robotic. Like, I think I, maybe there, you know, I, maybe it was at the end there. I don't know. You think it was robotic? I just don't. I don't like it. I just don't like really? it one bit. Uh, I think you're stupid. and You should feel bad. Um, Is it because I look like Vision? Because my I don't have any hair. Is that it? Like I've got the bald no. head, like Vision and WandaVision, which it drops more, today. It was more of the pronunciation, but you know, move on. <laughs> All right, dope. Uh, we are also here with our contributor and our or All About the Birds contributor, our friend from CSU. We supervise this little fucker. What's up, Adam? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> wow, Adam, dude. dude uh, I was talking about your conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. Um, so you just wrote a Kyle Pitts article. I did. Uh, I didn't tell you I was going to do this, but talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah. So obviously, one of the names. I mean, you talk about the top playmakers in the draft. You're hearing Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. One name I wasn't hearing as much was Kyle Pitts. And if you watch the film, you watch any of his games, you can tell that Kyle Pitts is one of the, if not the best prospects in this draft. And so I you know, did our draft analysis on him, and then I wrote an article about why the Eagles should be taking him. You know, Eagles need playmakers. Everyone's saying we need a wide receiver. Kyle Pitts is a glorified wide receiver, has run routes and catch the ball as good as anyone in this draft. Not really sure why teams are kind of passing on him. I'm seeing that he could drop to the 10th round, or not 10th round, 10th pick. Jesus, <laughs> that'd be ridiculous. Um, that'd be crazy. I know. No, I'm seeing a lot of players like, that he's dropping, and it's just, you know, it's crazy that a player of that caliber could fall that far. And you would think with in the top 10 pick, if a team wants to get a generational type player, you would want to jump at it, even if you already have a player at that position. He's a generational yep. player. They don't come around that often. Yeah. Um, we don't use that word on this podcast. We do, Sean. <laughs> it does go against uh, uh, Christian's <laughs> narrative of them not looking for a quarterback at six, most likely. And it's the same yeah. actual argument, really. Just a little bit less important position. But the good thing with Pitts is, while he is a tight end and whatever, he's basically a wide receiver. So... Which is what the Eagles tight ends do. They barely block, so it does fit the mold. True. And that's a really good segue, uh, which is why I brought it up. Uh, go to thecutffb.com, uh, check out Adam's article, read that up, and then go to allaboutthebirds.com. Is that the is that the actual URL? I think it's aatb.com. Okay, yeah, see, I had to double I knew that that that, that was their uh, Twitter handle, but I wasn't sure about the website. But yeah, go go check out both of Adam's articles. But we are here to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles today, uh, which is why we brought on Adam. Adam, you're a Philly fan, uh, so we'll get a bit of a fan perspective, but hopefully some some analyst perspective as well. Um, 
as we get through our typical Friday fix. So uh, obviously, guys, we're not going to be on a live stream. I mentioned last week that I'll be at a wedding this weekend. So this is going to replace that. Uh, next week, we will be back with two shows and then also the Friday fix. So uh, while we're we're down one show technically this week or, or one live show at least, um, we, we will be back next week. So normally we go through the GM and coaching hires or who's there already, the state of the team, the current cap situation, top three acquisitions for each of us, and the most fun part, a three-round mock draft. So normally that's what we do, but we have the, the pleasure of covering the Philadelphia Eagles on the day of the big Carson Wentz trade. Carson Wentz was traded yesterday to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 conditional second that becomes a first-round pick if he plays in 75% of the snaps on 75% of snaps or games. Snaps. Snaps. Yeah, so 75% of snaps if they make the playoffs. Right. So, essentially, assuming that Carson Wentz is the starter, they got back a first and a third for Carson Wentz. Uh, Randy, I'm going to kick it to you. What were your first thoughts on the Carson Wentz trade today? Uh, Thank God it's finally over. Um, (laughs) I do think... uh, I think this is kind of what we were getting at. I think it was a little bit inverse, though. I, we discussed getting a first and then a conditional pick the next year. Um, I think. Maybe, no, we did a second and a second conditional the next year. Uh, so this is about what we kind of predicted a little bit more. Probably the value. Um, I just wish it was, you know, two weeks earlier. So <laughs> it just took forever. Yeah. I guess the so what that leaves uh, Darnold and Watson as the trade block guys, technically. Yes. Well, it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Watson. I'm sure we'll talk about him a ton, so I don't want to get too deep into that. But uh, Adam, as a fan, how do you feel about the Carson Wentz trade? It's bittersweet. I mean. Carson, obviously, as a fan, has done so much for the organization and the city. Especially if you're not from Philly, you really don't know much about the the work he did in the city, just the charity work, all the different things. Uh, I know that some of that stuff can go unsaid, especially for, for people that aren't from the city of Philadelphia. But, like, obviously, as the player, that Super Bowl team wouldn't happen without him going 11-2 and in the regular season. I know the narrative is, oh, Nick Foles won all won all the playoff games. Nick Foles turned into Tom Brady. Nick Foles beat Tom Brady. We're not put in that position to make a Super Bowl run without Carson Wentz. So it's definitely sad to see that player leave. We are in a really crazy and stressful rebuild. We're going to see like all the players from that team start to leave. So it's going to be a lot of bittersweet moments. But, you know, obviously – you want the best for him. I'm happy now to see the new, the new steps in the franchise. He played absolutely horrible last season. It was painful to watch every week just to be disappointed even more. Oh, how bad more worse can it get? Oh, you know, let's tie the Bengals. Um, but exciting for to see the new 
where the team goes now. Hopefully, team more success for him. One Howie out of out of Philadelphia, especially after only getting a third and maybe a first. It's it's Carson Wentz. He could he only play twenty percent of snaps because he could get hurt. So we traded five picks to get him, and we're getting two in return. Plus, we got to pay him thirty million dollars. So still one Howie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I personally think with that contract, that's probably the best return you're gonna get. It's good that it's conditional, and you still get a second round back at the very least. I mean, not ideal, but it wasn't ideal to sign him and then have him play crybaby for a few months there. Uh, very true. Not that was in the contract. <laughs> well, the contract was also probably a little bit based on a you know a head coach that can actually coach a starting quarterback, not just a backup. So, just saying. I'll defend him slightly. I, I'll defend him slightly. Doug Peterson pissed me off a lot last year, bro. <laughs> you and me both. <sighs> All right. So, that, that was a good segue, though. Again, Adam, you're killing it on the, the segues here. So, we're going to start talking about the, the general manager and the coaching situation. You brought up Howie Roseman. Um Obviously, as a fan, it's easy to dislike Howie Roseman, so I'm going to kick it back to Randy. Randy, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about Howie Roseman, and can we pull some positives that, that Howie Roseman has? Well, first positive, uh, he is incredibly loyal to that Super Bowl team. Uh, too loyal, in fact, and backed them into a corner where they're fucked. Uh, there's your one positive. He gave out a lot of bad <laughs> contracts. Uh, to a lot of those Super Bowl players and in hopes to get back to the Super Bowl, which you I understand that they expected the cap to be at least $20 million higher or so, but even then you'd still have to clear $30 million in cap. So there's clearly something wrong with that, and you knew that was coming. So you've had to fix that before this year. But I will say he's been known to be really good at getting players to restructure when needed let's hope because i don't know how else they get under this cap they need multiple people to restructure all big names all older he's got a lot to do in a very short amount of time by march 17th um and to continue the not great things in my opinion in most people's opinion he's not a great drafter uh nope. doesn't value the linebacker position highly Reach for Rager when he could have had the better player in Jefferson. I will say Rager still needs to show his development, and I do believe in him, but still I think Jefferson was a better player. Apparently wants to be a QB factory instead of filling out actual holes on the roster. Hasn't hit at corner. This is getting worse uh, and worse for me to listen it's, to. It's, tr <laughs> it's worse and worse to watch, I'm sure, Adam. Uh, I will say, though, he has made a lot of trench picks. Some good, some bad, but that's always going to happen uh, when you're plugging holes at that spot. You hope they're all good, yeah. but they usually aren't. But he has made some good picks there. That's the best position, probably. And then, I guess, running back with Miles Sanders. Yeah. And regarding, tight end, clearly, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> regarding your point about Rager, so I did hear... I don't remember where I heard it. It might have been on an NFL podcast, but it was guys that are plugged in. Uh, when there was Lincoln-Riley discussion for Lincoln Riley to come play coach. There was a little bit of discourse saying that Lincoln Riley is pulling the strings 
of Howie Roseman that Lincoln Riley was the reason that they drafted Rager over Jefferson because Lincoln Riley played against him and Roseman really trusts Lincoln Riley. Do you guys put any stock into that? Do you think that Howie literally is just a little little boy listening to Lincoln? I don't think he's like allowing Lincoln Riley to coach two teams or anything like that. I think he values his opinion on talent, which isn't all. I mean, teams will always ask coach coaches what they think of players. Uh, and you usually get more of a realer evaluation if it's not one of their players. Because obviously they're going to talk up their players, hope they get drafted the first round, but because it looks better for them and looks better when recruiting. Uh, with Rager, it's obviously a player he did not have, and he spoke highly of, apparently. Uh, I know Hertz is there because of him, apparently. So I, I think there is something to it. Now, yeah. obviously, Lincoln Riley's not their fucking coach. So <laughs> uh, maybe stop listening. I don't. Well, so I, I guess the other part. Sorry, Adam. I know you want to speak on this, but good. I guess the other the other part that I heard was that he's trying to build out his program before he gets there, and it wasn't ready yet when Peterson left. So I don't know how much stock I put into it, but also this no, like I, I just it's tough to to see someone building a program for a college coach that's not guaranteed to come and then hi- hiring a, a guy in Nick Sirianni that what if he succeeds like then then what what do you do you know uh, that that's the part that makes it hard to swallow <laughs> that hard yeah. to fathom i guess not swallow uh adam, adam what do you think of that theory i honestly don't think the eagles especially right now ever consider going back to a college coach just because that Chip Kelly situation was just so horrible. To watch that team go from an opportunity to be playing in the playoffs consistently to being pushed back to like the early 2000s, what he did to that franchise, I just can't see the Eagles wanting to you know go back to an experiment of a college coach again for a decent amount of time. So to think that they are uh, Lincoln Riley's trying to groom to take over for the Eagles, I just can't see it ever. Just the the thought of a shadow coach making all the draft picks. What he's yeah. not. I mean, it's it's pretty ludicrous. But like, it's how it is. I'm surprised. Well, at least it's not Texans. Um, <laughs> but even okay. if, but if that's true, has he done a good job? No, no. <laughs> you know what I like. Has he really gotten the best players there? Maybe let's just no. shovel this right. experiment away. Right. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention then is uh, Howie Roseman is Drake and Lincoln Riley is the ghostwriter in the background. That's Jesus that's Christ. all that's happening there. Um, all right, let's talk about Nick Sirianni. There's not a ton to touch on with Nick Sirianni because of the uncertainty uh, with the projected scheme, um, which we will touch on. Uh Adam, tell me about Nick Sirianni's background. Do you have faith in him that he can lead the Eagles to where you would like to see them, which is the Super Bowl, I would assume? Eh, hopefully. Uh, obviously, him being the offensive coordinator for the uh, Colts the last three years, big thing he's been able to work under Frank Reich. I do think when the Eagles were trying to hire a coach in 2016, they wanted a guy like Andy Reid. Obviously, Andy Reid wasn't going to lead the Chiefs. 
They got the next best thing in Doug Peterson. I see the exact same scenario here. Their top priority would have been Frank Reich, guy like Frank Reich. Frank Reich's obviously not leaving a Super Bowl contender in the Colts to come coach whatever you want to call the Eagles. They got the second best thing in Nick Sirianni. Again, I know a lot of Eagles fans weren't happy with them just because Eagles fans were never happy about anything. But. Well, and two, I think his uh, his opening presser really left a lot to be desired. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I was, it was I rough. didn't see the future of this franchise after that press conference. It, it wasn't Adam Gase for the Jets. Oh, no. bad. Let's just let's just give him some. Credit, it was close. It was, uh, it was close. Uh, it wasn't. Listen, I don't think anyone's coming close to that. It's true. It's uh, true. I mean, Sirianni, like you said, it's kind of. It's not out of nowhere, but it's kind of like we don't know much. I mean, the Colts OC apparently Reich's right hand guy. The Colts were ninth in total offense last year, but like. How much is that Sirianni? How much is that Reich? Is it 50-50? We don't really know. Uh, a lot of people like him around the league, but again, there's just not much. He's been a positional coach for most of his career. He's been with Reich most of his career, and then he finally became an OC under Reich, and now he's going to try and you would think recreate Reich's kind of system, but obviously there's rumors that he's going to try and recreate Lee and Riley system, which kind of spills those rumors again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think oh, to, so, to bash them and say like, Oh, he's not going to do well. Yeah. He's a bad fit. He hasn't coached the game yet. I mean, exactly. I looked at the tweets of when the Eagles announced they were interviewing Doug Peterson and they were hilarious. Oh, we're not winning a Super Bowl for the next five years. Dumbest thing this franchise has ever done. He won it was in year two. I mean, he was, I believe viewed as the worst coaching hire of that. Michael Lombardi, worst coaching hire in the season that year. The only coach that made it past two seasons. Obviously, won a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say, mm-hmm. like, oh, Sirianni sucks. It's not like we're getting a proven loser in Adam Gase or Hugh Jackson. Um, He's new. He First-time head coach. You gotta, there's going to be some learning curves for him. You got to give him a chance to adjust and get better. Can't really get get on a guy now. Exactly. And they fired Doug Peterson very, very late into this offseason. You weren't getting the top recruits like Sala really that interested. Let's be honest, with this cap situation, your quarterback struggle, a lot of people might have not have liked either quarterbacks that could have been your head coach. So this could have just been not a desirable location right now because of the cap and current makeup of the team and possibly Howie Roseman. Hey, at least it makes Houston look good. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, obviously, Eagles made a Super Bowl in the last decade. They're better off than most teams. I think this cap situation is going to handcuff them for a year, but I hope they can at least turn around in a kind of shit division, usually. So they're not out of the hunt, especially if Hurts can really develop. Uh, yeah. And I think Sirianni will play a huge part in that if he does develop. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, I I do want to mention that we wrote down here, I wrote down here, the projected offensive scheme will be a lot of mesh point stuff, a lot of short, quick reads. That's just something that I think they have to do. I think Jalen Hurts throwing deep balls was worse than Carson Wentz last year, uh, which was 
bad. Um, I think Carson Wentz was like 33rd in the league or 36th in adjusted completion percentage downfield. And uh, Jalen Hurts was completing like 32% of his passes downfield. Now, a lot of it for both of them was the lack of proper weapons that could actually get open downfield. A lot of it was the scheme, but I, I do think that something short, a lot of RPOs, uh, kind of a Lamar Jackson-esque offense is necessary for this team to put up any t- sort of points. But to clarify, you mean the Lamar Jackson passing offense? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. making sure the listeners know you don't mean he's running power row <laughs> 20 times a game. <laughs> no, That's no, just no, not no. his well, style. I, I, it no, was I, a clarification. I knew you don't, right. you, you don't think and, that. And, and I do want to clarify. I do think they will run a lot of RPOs. And, and yeah. uh, I think Jalen is very, very good at pulling the ball and, and making those reads um, compared to maybe making reads 30 yards downfield. All right. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about the state of the team. So just a real quick rundown. 26th in weighted team DVOA, 28th offense uh, weighted DVOA, and 15th defense weighted DVOA. I wanted to bring up the offensive line because I'm sure we'll touch on that in a little bit. Um, a lot of the conversations surrounding Carson Wentz was that he has no offensive line, he has no time to throw, blah, blah, blah. That's Kind of true. Uh, they weren't good. They were mediocre, uh, but they weren't as bad as Carson Wentz's sack statistics would indicate. A lot of that problem was Carson Wentz not making correct reads. It was him holding onto the ball. The offensive line went through the most uh, lineup changes out of anyone else in the league. They were just uh, a turnstile. What's that? 14 line changes. Yeah. It was like hockey out there. Yeah. Um, Felt like it. But yeah, but but they actually had a really good uh, like power rating offensive line. They were a very, very good run blocking team, especially down the stretch when Jalen Hurts was in there. So um, I, I think there are workable pieces there, but their offense is still bad, right? Yeah. You guys. I, yeah, I mean, clearly, uh, even with Hurts in there, they still barely ran the ball and arguably the best. Offensive threat is Miles Sanders and this whole team. I think it's still arguably that. And he was getting like eight carries, eight touches a game most of the year, it felt like. And it was really kind of depressing, especially down the stretch. Uh, when you, I mean, you did have a chance to make the playoffs technically. And yeah, you just couldn't move. Yeah. And then you ended up pulling your. Your quarterback that you needed to see in week 17, and that's just another story. So, yeah, let's we're not talking about that. Today. <laughs> yeah, so state of the team obviously, new coach, uh, new official starting quarterback, uh, not a lot of cap. So, that's the next piece. Uh, awesome. we probably, I was gonna say, probably a new receiving core, too. So, yes, a lot of changes on that offense. Yes, so right now. Uh, their current cap space is negative fifty point four million. Yep. Like Fernando yep, said, you heard me right. Contract. What? <laughs> hey, this is new contract. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, uh, 
So, Randy, talk to me about some of the ways that they might be able to make this a positive number. So, they have already restructured Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson uh, to save what appears to be, if I read the numbers right, $23 after they designate them to be cut June 1st, but they'll still cut them on by the 17th. It's like the start of the new league year. They have to cut them but they designate them for basically that's when they get cut. Um, you have a young guy on his fifth-year option and Derek Barnett. You have to figure out if you're cutting, extending, trading him. If you extend him, he has to be making less than $10 million this year. Um, more closer to five, probably, with, and then you add on signing bonus and backload the contract a little bit. Um, Marquise Goodwin has to go. Deshaun Jackson has to go. That those two moves save you about nine million. How did you right all call Deshaun Jackson? Oh, I literally I oh that. it, it oh. auto corrected. I think <laughs> it, like, it auto corrected because I typed Watson so many times. Uh, <laughs> trying to figure out who that with, was for a long time. <laughs> but if you do all those cuts, yeah, thank you, thank you. That gets you about a little over halfway there. Uh Next, you're most likely going to need to trade Ertz. Um, I think there's a market for Ertz, obviously, because he's a, a proven weapon and commodity. I would say you're going to get back a third or the equivalent of a third. Now, that could be a next year third, but for a lot of another purposes of the show, I think we're going with a this year third. But a team like the Seahawks, who, as of right now, if they don't get a comp pick, don't have a third, that's obviously going to be a next year third. or two fours or you know what I mean? Something like that along those lines that covers 4.7 million off the cap. Jason Kelsey is a big question mark a little bit still, obviously with his team being in flux, he could end up retiring. He's had that kind of conversation the last couple of years. Obviously he's a, a workhorse mauler. So that kind of beats up on you. Uh, if he retires, they're most likely going to restructure like they did with, uh, the state still with Breeze and put it down to a minimum contract that frees up about oh like eight million, <laughs> and we're still not done. They would also still need to restructure Brandon Graham, uh, Brandon Brooks, Fletcher Cox, uh, Javon, Javon Hargrave, and Johnson. Oh my God! <laughs> you don't have Lane. to necessarily, huh? Lane Johnson. Yeah, Lane Johnson, sorry. Uh, You don't necessarily have to restructure all five, but you most likely have to do at least three. It's kind of ridiculous. If you don't get all of those to restructure, there's a chance you need to cut or trade Slay, uh, try and move on from that, kind of take the punt on the loss right there. And all of these moves together, you're going to get you barely under the cap. (laughs) That's how ridiculous and bad it is. I, I spent probably like four hours trying to research how this was going to get done. This was kind of the best way. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. I, I hope Roseman really is good at getting people to restructure because Jesus. Yeah, it's a, it's not a great scenario. Um, so I, I do want to wrap that all up with, I don't think any of that happens now and not any of that. Let me, now, let me take that back. I think a lot of it does. I was going to say, a lot of it has to happen. Or, yes. or you get fined if you're not under, 
I think it's at least five million, and you're going to lose draft picks. This is a team that could not lose draft picks. Let's be honest. <laughs> so right. if they can't make this work, it's going to be really, really bad. <laughs> well, so I guess I want to know how that works. Um, it's for the CBA. Saints. Well, no, I mean for the Saints, so they can't. It's literally impossible for them to get. Under. It is. It is not. I don't Based believe on the so. Restructure that just happened. Yes. Now, again, we're not covering the Saints, so I did not do the four hours of research on them. I know other people right. have. I, if you Google that, there's probably three articles about it. Um, honestly, that helped me with this shit. So, <laughs> I obviously like Saints have a lot of like cuttable contracts where the Eagles do not. That's the biggest thing. Like that's why they have to restructure four or five people and trade a couple and they've already restructured two people because they made uncuttable contracts and now they're making dummy years on contracts to be able to cut them and pay them over the next three years. Yeah. Um, Adam, man, (laughs) what what do you have to say about all this? What a great time to be an Eagle fan, man. This is, (laughs) yeah, it's a lot. No, at least more exciting than the actual season, man. At least, the, if you hear me correctly, this only makes them lose about five people. I think now, of the people, I do feel that we're going to lose a few more. I don't think Brandon Graham is going to be, from just kind of the mentality, just like the different interviews I've been hearing, just from things coming from the organization, it feels like Brandon Graham knows he's not going to be playing for the Eagles next season. Not sure really what that does for the cap. Um, but I mean, Jason Kelsey's been talking about retirement for the last few years. I I think, you know, players like Zach Ertz, Carson Wentz, you know, who he's been seeing on the sidelines at the end of the season. I think with those two out of the locker room, it's only a matter of time until he wants to, sounds bad, not be there. And, yeah, and he's worked harder than no one else on this team, and I think it's catching up to him. I think it's only a matter of time until he just gets a bad injury and is forced to retire because of that. I definitely see him retiring on his own terms now while the team's about to start a rebuild rather than wait two years so we're screwed at the center position down the road. Kind of what Luke Keekley did with the Panthers. He retired earlier so the Panthers could start to fix the linebacker position after. Yeah. And there, there's a good amount of centers in this draft, a lot better than last year's. So this would be a year to, if he's not retiring, uh, at least restructure and let them know you're you're really considering it so they could draft your replacement. He could play guard for a year, whoever it is, fuck it. But the the thing with him, I know if you cut him, you don't save that much money. If you cut Brandon Graham, you save like 700000 if you cut Fletcher Cox, it's the same thing. Like you have to restructure these guys first mm-hmm. if you're going to cut them. <laughs> like it's the same thing they did with the other two. It was what I was hoping they would do with Wentz restructure and then trade them, because uh, that would we would be talking probably negative like thirty nine, thirty eight right now, not fifty. But here we are. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. All right. Add in all um, that fun, and then you—that's not even their free agent list. Right. Yay! <laughs> so bad. Um, so they have quite a few key free agents. Uh, 
you did mention that they'll have a new receiver room based on the fact that uh, Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Goodwin, we already talked about them. Alshon, we talked about him, but also Greg Ward, I believe, is restricted. Is that what this means, Randy? Yes, yes. So if someone gives Greg Ward any type of deal, uh, you can kind of assume that he's gone as well because they just can't physically match the deal. Uh, Nate Sudfield, see you later, man. See you later. Uh, Nickel Roby Coleman, gone after what? One year? Was that a one-year deal? He he got traded, I believe. One-year deal or traded. I don't remember which one. But he's not going to demand that much money so he's a caliber of guy that you might be able to give her a veteran minimum type situation yes um but like jason peters gone if he's playing no chance you pay him you just can't Jalen mills too (laughs) he's got to be gone he's got to get over like the amount of money that they're going to be able to spend i assume which sucks for them but there we are. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. it's it's just the word we're living in right now with them. They're they're fucked. That's just yeah. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Y- your decision is uh, <laughs> we're fucked. Please help us, everyone on the team. Please, please, please help us. Oh, thank you. Now we're gonna suck. Okay, yeah. great. Like it's <laughs> that's literally your life. But again, like I said, if hurts actually develops and you get him a bunch of weapons through the draft, clearly, you could still compete in this division. Yeah, all right, let's let's talk about acquisitions. Uh, so the problem is, so the major problem, we've talked about how the, the money is a problem, the GM is a problem, uh, the coaching hire, question mark, uh, but not the best coaching hire, uh, perceived coaching hire. Um, but they have a ton of freaking needs. So cornerback, wide receiver, uh, tight end, linebacker, safety, interior offensive line, offensive tackle, quarterback, yeah, uh, interior defensive line, edge, and running back. I just named every single position, I believe. Is there one missing? They. Oh, uh, yes. I appreciate sure it's everything. Yeah, yeah. Add a kicker because Jake Elliott sucks. That's facts. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, – Again, Howie Roseman gave him a good amount of money, so you can't really cut him. A lot of money for a kicker. <laughs> He's not good. 50-50. Uh, <laughs> I don't want my kicker to be 50-50. Yeah. I want my kicker to be 100%. No one, no one does, Adam. <laughs> right. All right. Oh, so, I got the Browns fans. My bad. At least we're not Bears fans. Um, True. Which we had the same kicker. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> he did better for us. He did. Uh, so, Adam. Yes, sir. As as someone who watches virtually every Eagles game, tell me what you think the number one team need is. Just one. Wide receiver. Easy. They, I mean, Facts. our offensive line, even though we had a million different combinations, played pretty decent. Again, they were thrown into different combinations every single week. Played as good as they could probably get. Andre Dillard, Brandon um, Brooks are both coming back from injury. Kind of optimistic for them. So we need playmaker. We need a wide receiver. We really haven't had a solid wide receiver core in a long time. Not to say it was a fluke, but Nelson Aguilar and 
2017 had a great fluke season in Philadelphia. As soon as he left, he wanted to go great for the Raiders, but his time in Philadelphia was horrible. Except for 2017. It was. Especially last year, Fulgham had a good few games, but then was nowhere to be found for the rest of the season. He lost target share at a rapid rate for some reason. Uh, it, it was strange. It was very strange. Uh, he was pretty much the only good thing about their wide receiver core for about eight weeks, and then they're like, but you know. I wouldn't even say eight weeks. It felt like four games. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, he had a good stretch. I, I know. Obviously, I think four games were more like really good for like fantasy, and then yeah, those are probably like decent for real life. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I was, I mean, I, I picked yeah. him up on my fantasy team for I think in the armchair awesome. league, and he had four straight weeks. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna put this guy in my starting lineup this fifth week. He's on fire! <laughs> Great, gets me one point. Hey, I that's probably life. recommended it. <laughs> yeah, I, he was did. my start of the week multiple times. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> all right, Randy, what do you think their number one need is? Do you think it's receiver as well? I'll say receiver as well, only because you're clearly going to give Hurts the shot. Uh, I think the line, while you're going to need depth for sure, and possibly one starter, maybe two, depending on the tackle situations. Um, like it's passable, and you could like middle of the draft fix those areas a little bit. You got to get a wide receiver in that corner, in my opinion. Um, just because you're you're clearly trying to win with offense and not defense, so uh, <laughs> I think you have to go with the offense first. Yep, I, I'm on board with that as well. So um, this is the part where we talk about our top three acquisitions normally, and normally it's three unrestricted free agents that we can just spend a little bit of money on. We can toss ten million dollar contracts here and fifty million dollar contracts here. Uh, for this one, I just wrote down one name. It's Tyrod. I want Tyrod Taylor on this team. He can be Jalen Hurts' backup for a year, and he'll take a bet minimum because he has a punctured lung or something. So, um, a chance to play. Mm. That's there's technically a chance to play. That's that's the thing here. I it's mean, Hurts is definitely not proven. He showed yeah. some flashes, but there's a chance to play. That's why I think he has a chance. The sign there. I also put uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, mm-hmm. They both have to sign for minimum, though. Like it's literally, hey, we well, you can give them bonuses, and it's yeah. just it'll get kind of prorated down the line. It's all yeah. about March seventeenth. <laughs> we just need it, it, once you get past there, you're you're above the cap space. Then you could sign veteran minimum deals to finalize your roster, basically, yeah. and that's kind of what we're looking at here. I think Fitz or Tyrod uh, is best case, and then probably still draft one late. Uh, yeah. I said resign Roby Coleman and or Rogers to minimum if you can, and then Raekwon McMillan to minimum. He's not asking for much. Um, this is a season where I think a lot of people are going to take cheaper one-year deals just because teams don't have cap. But again, they can be outbid by anyone. Except the Saints, but or the Steelers. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. All right, Adam, who are you? Who's on your wish list? And then who do you think is realistic? Well, since it's a wish list and not like who I expect them to, I want a T.Y. Hilton. I think there is a slim to none chance that the Eagles can even afford him, but 
I was hearing rumors early that there is a chance that he would want to take the minimum contract to come reunite with Sirianni. Apparently, he was super high on him. Um, Sirianni worked right with the wide receivers in Indianapolis, so there would be a connection there. A veteran wide receiver in about to be a very young wide receiver room. I was kind of more so hoping not for him to come out and you know, lead us to the playoffs, but more so help mentor. I think that's an absolute long shot. I I will say there's a small chance that the Colts could sign him to a cheap deal and then trade for Zach Ertz with Hilton and a pick. That's all I need is a little bit of a chance. That would, that would be like a six-round pick, but still, like, there's if he's willing to take that kind of money, which Ertz only makes about four point seven or so, so like, like in cap it. So as long as they don't take on more than they were they're losing or gaining, I guess with the trade, then they technically can do it. So four million for one year, Ty sounds oh. good to me. What else I got? I had I know you guys both mentioned Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick as backup quarterbacks. I went with a different approach. I have back uh draft a backup quarterback late in the draft. Um, simply for the fact it's going to be a cheaper option than sign people. I don't think Fitzpatrick's going to go for the minimum. One thing I've noticed is, you know, he's played for all these teams, but he started for all these teams. And he very much can continue to be a starting quarterback. And expect, I could see him wanting to expect to be that. And if he were to come to Philadelphia, I can't see him starting over Jalen Hurts. Or the Eagles saying, hey, you could start over him. And then Tyrod Taylor, I mean, he's hurt. So, Tyrod, yeah, Eagles is time. Perfect fit. So, I kind of agree, but the Eagles uh, tried to make it a point of this is kind of hurts a start, but they want to bring in a guy to compete with him. And if you're competing, if you're actually competing, that means he has a chance to lose the job. And I think he might lose it to Fitz. So <laughs> they might not bring him in for that reason. But, uh, I mean, he played better than Tua did last year. So my, there's my, a good chance to play better than player To get drafted, and Christian's going to hate it. Now, I'm not a huge fan of it. But it was actually Kyle Trask. More than simple. Yeah, I mean, again, I think the, I think the Eagles should be all in on Hurts. They should not be getting someone that's going to start a competition. They should be getting someone that's going to be a backup quarterback. Big thing is Trask's offensive coordinator at Pittsburgh, or not Pittsburgh, Florida, is now the quarterback's coach in Philly. When we get back to my mock draft, another reason why I think they might take him again. (laughs) Yeah, but I will say there's no chance he's still on the board after the third and less of a chance he's on the board after the second. Not less of a chance, a low I mean, chance. I guess. The, the class is super deep with quarterbacks that will be taken on day three. Someone that, again, I don't okay. think, again, take anybody. Take Kellen Mond, take literally. A- yeah, I, I think, like, Kellen, if you're, if you're really going to change the anybody. offense, if you're really going to change the <laughs> offense like that, like Kellen Mond or Jamie Newman makes sense as a backup. Uh I mean, just because that style of offense technically. Or the Eagles could take Mac Jones in the second round, you know? If he's there, it's the same thing. factory, man. <laughs> oh, my God. So gross. That, that quote is going to live forever now. I saw so a tweet this morning that said at one point the Eagles had Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford, and Mark Sanchez on the roster at the same time. Quarterback oh, yeah. factory. 
Isle of mm-hmm. Misfit Toys. It's great. <laughs> All right. Um, so obviously, I don't, I don't have them going out and signing too many people. You guys have them kind of retaining uh, and building through the draft. So um, in reality, it feels like they could maybe do one. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> maybe yeah. resign one person to a vet minute. It's, it's so bad. It's, it's not a good situation for the Eagles, but we're here to try to fix them. And the way that we're going to be able to do that in the best manner would be through our three round mock drafts. So now is the time uh, for the three round mock drafts. Randy, I'm going to let you go first, then Adam, and then me. We don't have all of the same picks because I'll let you tell me why, actually. Tell me why you have an extra third round pick, Randy. Uh, well, I was going to say, are we doing dueling locks like we have been? Like first round pick, then like, just keep it going like you, that. You you cut out, so if you could repeat right, that okay, one. You're good. I was going to say, are we just doing the, the dueling mocks again? Like we each do the first, then we each do our second? No, so you, you go all the way through yours, oh, Adam will go through that. his, and then me. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, me and Adam both have actually an extra third round pick uh, for that almost, uh, almost fully likelihood of happening, Zach Ertz trade. I believe he's going to get value for a third or at least the equivalent to, but we're going to go with a third to keep it simple. Also, cheat a little bit, give us an extra draft pick. Uh, <laughs> so I started out with Jamar Chase. Uh, obviously, this would mean that both uh, Dolphins and Bengals passed on him, uh, which is definitely possible, but I think he's the best receiver of the class. He's not like Jalen Rager at all. Uh, so it's complete. Different kind of receiver. You need to diversify this fucking receiving core. So why not get the best receiver in the class? Uh, second round, I went with Ifitu Melifonwu, who is a guy I love and I think is a first-round type corner. But there's going to be different levels to this. Some teams are going to like him in the first. Some teams are going to like him in the second. Some are going to like him in the third for some dumb reason. They'll never get him. But <laughs> very early in the second, I think, is still a good range for him. This cornerback room is also kind of empty and dog shit. So let's get a really good, tough quarter who I think is floors Kevin King. And that's still better than anything the Eagles have. So <laughs> he Not plays a lot. Much. King. Yeah. <laughs> and then third round, I went with a little bit of a guard solution slash Jason Kelsey replacement in the future with Josh Myers uh, from Ohio State, obviously. I would love for. Later Dickerson or Creed Humphrey to fall. It's possible, especially with Dickerson and his injury history. Uh, but I think he's a little bit more versatile than like Creed because of his size. So I think he could fall to the third. I'm just not, especially the top of the third like this, I'm just not 100% sure. So I went with the next layer of center who also can play a little bit of guard. And I think he's a at least good replacement for the future. Worst case, I think he'll be a starter for you for the next six years. Obviously. Um, then I actually followed, <laughs> I followed that up with yet another Ohio State player. This pick is actually pick 72. Maybe, yeah, 72 from the Panthers for Ertz. Uh, Panthers are at eight. They're in a position to get a quarterback in the future and probably not Kyle Pitts. Um, and I think if you're really trying to compete right now, getting your third round pick for Zach Ertz instead of trying to get, let's say, 
uh, Pat Firemuth when you're probably going to be outbid for him in the second, and then maybe you're reaching for Revan Jordan slightly. If you get a, a really good veteran presence in there, maybe you can help Ian Thomas develop slightly, but I think he's a good fit there. They really want a versatile fitting tight end in that offense. Uh, and the Eagles got to move him. So I brought in Pete Warner. It's more a little bit diversity at the linebacker position. I think the guys that you guys picked are better uh, for them probably, but I think he's along the lines of what they like at linebacker and he's going to be there in the third where the other guys have a little bit more of a ceiling to get possibly a little bit higher than this. And then I finish it off with a tight end and Kenny Yaboa. He's just a big dude. He can block, but he doesn't love it. He's good, aggressive catcher at the catch point. I think he fits exactly what the Eagles like and you got to replace Ertz. Obviously Goddard is replacing Ertz, but if he's replacing Ertz, you got to replace Goddard (laughs) and you probably won't have Richard Rogers back unless he signs a minimum deal. So you need a tight end. I have a question for you on your last pick. So first of all, I nominated Kenny Yaboa in my contract league and I lost out. Uh, Someone bid more than $2 per. Thank God. Uh, I didn't like the deal. But anyway, my question is, do you think that Brevin Jordan is definitely gone by this pick then? Yeah, it's just looking more and more like it. There's probably half the league that's looking for that kind of athletic, versatile, tight end kind of guy. Uh, Maybe even more than half, especially with teams like the Eagles, who have a surplus of tight ends right now but could lose to. Um, And they probably need to for their offense. So I just think... I think he probably still can fall to the third. But I think at 84, we're getting towards... It's the middle slash back end of the third because it's the Colts pick. Uh, So I think by that point, he's probably gone. And then you're deciding between Hunter Long and Kenny Yaboa. I want Yaboa this time. Yeah. Because I think... Well, in in fairness, though, Long fits because I think he's a little bit like uh, Trey Burton was as an Eagle. He hasn't really proved that since then, but... It at least fits that kind of mold, so maybe they like him too. But a tight end, the end of the third, I think makes sense. That does make sense. All right. I like it. Uh, I do think that Melifonwu is gone in the first, which you alluded to. But It's it's the 38th pick, though. Like it's We're, we're like yeah. splitting hairs like five picks later. Like Just let me fucking have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Well, we, I mean, I once also, we get to the guy I picked, I mean. I also didn't want to pick the same thing as Adam. Uh, right. and that was kind of a guy I knew would be there, which he also could go in the first. So, True. fuck it all. <laughs> all right, Adam, you're up now. Please. Tell us who you picked at six, which we already know because of the intro, yeah. right? I went with Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. I know I said the Eagles' biggest need is wide receiver, and between Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase, almost certainly one of them should be at six. Um. And all the mock drafts I did, at least one of them was there. Um, but Kyle Pitts, I think, is better than those two in the sense that he can play wide receiver. You know, he's a little bit slower than both of them, but he's also six inches taller than both of them. He's one of the best playmakers, if not the best playmaker, non-quarterback in this draft. He's six. He's what six six. Um, 
runs like he's a wide receiver, can run routes, has soft hands. You know, as good of a 50-50 ball catcher as anybody I've seen, and it's not even 50-50, it's more like 70-30 going for him. I think the Eagles use him more as a wide receiver. I think he's going to make everybody else better. I He's a hometown guy. I really think the Eagles are going to take Kyle Pitts over any of the wide receivers. It is Howie Roseman. He could easily take, you know, Micah Parsons because it's Howie Roseman. No. Nope. It's a linebacker. No, no chance. Yeah, no, ch- linebacker. No, no chance. If you said any other position, I was going hey, to take Jalen Waddle or hurt Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of them. I mean, he can do a lot of different things. You can say a quarterback, an edge, a quarter, tackle, yeah. anything. But at linebacker, I will not let you say it. <laughs> Sorry. So. No, I should know Howie Rosen better. But honestly, I know there's a million pick ideas for what the Eagles can do at six. No matter what, I, mean, I will not be surprised what Howie Roseman does with this pick. He has proven to have. No draft plan in recent years. Feels like you just <laughs> stuff out of hey. out of thin air. Oh, we're gonna go with this player. Sounds good to me. Um, hey, you gave him a, you gave him a freak athlete at six that made Kyle Trask. Yeah, career. I mean, I mean, uh, we'll uh, Lions. Whoever the Lions pick at seven, guaranteed Hall of Famer. Just mark my words. The Lions. No. <laughs> yeah. Panthers. Then someone That's... right after yeah, take, you know, yeah, turn into Justin Fields. A future Hall of Fame because right. that's what happens with the Eagles. Um, uh, second round, I have them taking Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback out of Florida State. Eagles obviously had a huge knee at cornerback with Slay there, and with the chance of Darius Slay being traded or just not going to be there, we're going to have even a bigger knee at cornerback. All the mocks I was running, 90% of them had him still available in the second round. One pick had him taking like top ten. I'm like, okay, I'm not using this mock. Um, but Fair. solid cornerback. Again, Philadelphia fans love their former players. His dad was a former Eagle fan favorite, and he's also a very good cornerback now. So I definitely see Eagles maybe even trading back a couple picks um, in the second round because he seems like he's going to go middle to early second round but was consistently there. I could hope the Eagles would be smart and take a player like him. But again, we're talking about Howard Rosen. Um, <laughs> let's see, third round, um, the 70th pick. I had him taking Landon Dickerson uh, from Alabama. Like we said earlier, Jason Kelsey's not going to be here much longer. Um, this is for sure going to be his replacement and I think could prove to be a very, very solid player. You know, obviously he has the injury history blowing out his knee against Florida and this or the SEC championship he blew it up. One of those games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Essentially if Kelsey doesn't retire this year, gives Dickerson a year to fully get healthy, kind of get mentored by Jason Kelsey. I think that's probably the best case scenario. Could prove to be a big steal for the Eagles if they can get him. Some mocks had him going already off the board. Some mocks had him there. I think it's a coin toss if he's there or not. But if he's there, even if he's hurt and he's not ready to play, I'm, I say take him. We're in a rebuild. We're not competing. We shouldn't be competing for the next couple of years. Let him sit, ride the bench for a year to get healthy. We'll be good. 
84th pick, I have Chad Surratt. Um, pretty consistent. He was always there at 84. We have a need at linebacker. He just screams Philadelphia Eagle with the name Chaz. Um, that was pretty much the only reason behind it. <laughs> We're being totally honest. I find a lot, a lot of credibility right there, but you know, Chaz Surratt, born to be an Eagle. All right. Trust the process, it's not, I mean, he fits. I'm cool. He, with he it. fits with the need. It's not wrong. Trust the process, <laughs> man. Hey, trust the process. That's probably okay. how his process brought. <laughs> so, I didn't know where we were putting this Zach Ertz pick, so I just took the last pick in the third round and kind of went with it. Well, you you actually took the Ravens pick, so it actually is a good trade because they're some part sense. of they're one of the oh, teams well, that are one of the teams. For him. So, I took a player that is actually going to be drafted, should be drafted a lot later. Um, but how he does kind of like to take players earlier than what they should be drafted. Um. And I think this could be end up one of the bigger steals and wide receivers. It's Austin Watkins, a wide receiver out of UAB. Had the unfortunate experience of having to watch him play live um, while UAB smacked on Marshall in the Conference USA Championship game. Rest in peace, Marshall. But (laughs) but watching him play, he's a very, very good deep ball down the field threat, which – of all the wide receivers, the Eagles, I guess, kind of have. That's the one thing we're missing. We don't have a deep ball threat. His route running is very minimal. He's very much a vertical runner, but he's very quick. Again, something the Eagles don't have is a deep ball player. I think he's been going under the right. Deep ball players. So we both made that face because that's – what we thought they drafted regular yeah, for. Then look what happened. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't shown that yet though. Well, so. I saw Watkins <laughs> play and they were throwing ball, deep uh, balls to yeah. him each time. That's Listen, y- your this receiving core is getting just depleted. It wasn't good anyways. You need bodies fucking no matter what. It doesn't matter if they play the same way. Rager's probably a little bit more versatile anyways, so who gives a shit? They need bodies, bro. <laughs> like they they just need bodies. Uh, that's yeah. the only way Hertz is gonna be any kind of successful. Very true. Yeah. I, I like it, man. I'm Yeah. I like it. I, the only thing and same thing I kinda question with Randy uh, about Brevin Jordan maybe being there, but kind of the opposite. I think Landon Dickerson's probably gone before this pick. Personally, but maybe because of the injury, he does slide. I think yeah. if he's healthy, the, he, he's going. I, in my opinion, should be going early second to late first. He was phenomenal in Alabama, but again, teams that want a center or want a center now, and he's not ready now. And I definitely with no. the type of injury he has with his knee, you need to make sure that's fully healthy now, rather than oh, you're ninety percent. Let's go. You're you're in. And so that's why I feel like he might drop in the Eagles. I wouldn't even be mad if they took him in the second round, to be totally honest. Just because the type of player he is and the fact that we are in a rebuild. Rebuild for the future. We're not playing for the Super Bowl next season. We're not playing for the Super Bowl in two years. Look 10 years down the road, and this guy is going to be a legitimate, probably Pro Bowl center. Yeah, medicals are absolutely enormous for him. It, yeah. And I agree. If it's not, 
if he's not looking good to start the year, I think he can go in the third. Like he's de- well, he's day two, no matter what, in my opinion. Uh, with yeah. obviously, if you're top end day two, you could be back at day one. That's just how that works. So, well, and two, do we know if the medicals are going to be the same as last year, which was no team doctors could get in? It, yeah, I assume it's kind of like that, and that's right. scary because there was multiple guys that just kept dropping because of that. Yep. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, let me lead off with I am the number one defender of the Eagles' offensive line. I think I've said multiple times that they were actually okay. They, I mean, Adam, you alluded to that as well. Uh, Randy, we have talked about it multiple times. However, uh, with the sixth overall pick, I gave them Rashawn Slater. And the reason I gave them Rashawn Slater is because of my second round pick. Uh, so I'll, I'll group those together. So at pick 38, I gave them Rashad Bateman. So because this is such a deep wide receiver class and because I think there is a little less of a tear break uh, because they pick so early in the second round, kind of like the Bengals did with T. Higgins last year. They got Joe Burrow, then they got T. Higgins. Well, this year, the Eagles are going to get Rashawn Slater and then Rashad Bateman in my mock. Um, and so you get your wide receiver one, who's immediately better than Jalen Rager. Not you get hard. your... <laughs> um, you also get a, a guy that has five position versatility. Like Slater can realistically play wherever on the offensive line. He's probably not a center. Uh, and you don't want to just pigeonhole him into a guard spot. But I think he probably can play one of the year tackle positions he can take over for dillard uh who's their right tackle right now Johnson. johnson yeah well and he might be gone so you're you're gonna be rebuilding a little bit into this offensive line so i think rashawn slater should be on the board um i know eagles fans don't want to hear that and i actually put this in my mock uh which is why i stuck to it it's, my mock won't drop tomorrow, but it'll drop probably Monday. Uh, but d- d- the receiver class is deep. Like You can get probably a starter on day two or day three. Um, when you start to do these mock drafts, guys like Tylen Wallace, Deami Brown, like all of these guys are still there in the third round. And now the Eagles have an extra third round pick, so they have a little bit of capital to go up and get their guy too. So. Uh, that's the route I went. And then my third round pick, the first one. Uh, so I did not do a Zach Ertz trade, by the way. I simply said that they're going to have to cut him and let him kind of choose where he wants to go. Cause I don't, I don't know how much trade value he has. And if he has any, I think it's probably day three pick, probably a fourth round in my opinion. But I, I think is, I, I think it's a third round, but, I don't think it gets any higher than that. Yeah. So that's, I mean, and, and you're talking, it's a probably a limited amount of teams. Like, obviously, like Jaguars need a tight end. Uh, but, like, do they get a 30 year old tight end or they draft one? And it's kind of the same question with the Panthers, like I did. But, right. Yeah. Um, so with my two third round picks, I decided to flip sides of the ball and go defense. So I went with Jabril Cox who I think could very well be off the board by now. Um, He's a really good 
coverage linebacker, but he also can play downhill. I think he fits kind of exactly what the Eagles are going to want to do. Um, and ultimately, like, he's one hell of an athlete. And then with the 84th pick, Greg Newsom second. I actually watched him this week. Um, he's a sticky little guy. He's got really good ball skills. Very undersized. I, <laughs> he's He weighs like 180-something pounds. Like, he's a... He's, He's a skinny little guy. Um, make me, make so, me that's better. What's skinny's that? better. Skinny's better than sticky. <laughs> I, that, I just didn't. I don't like that. <laughs> well, yeah. So he he's really good in coverage, though. I think I saw a stat today where he didn't allow a single reception uh, over the entire. I think his whole career on third or fourth down. Oh, okay. Just, I was going to say, there's no fucking way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no. Third uh, down, okay. At least there's a chance there. Yeah, it might not be his career. It might be for 2020, which would be less impressive because they played less games. But still, I think it was his whole career. So uh, Greg Newsom is my pick. And I think he does play. He might have to play a little bit of slot for you. Um, but having a guy that has good ball skills playing slot probably wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, biggest thing. Biggest thing for like a second, third round corner uh, for most teams. Do you think he's going to be a bust? Like, no. do you think Newsom will be a bust? He'll probably be, I think two or three worst case of four. I mean, I mean yeah, I, I don't think he'll bust. I think that he has a lot of issues to work on, but that's why he's here on day yeah. two, late day two. So yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's a late day two pick. He may be your cornerback two this year. Obviously, right now Slay's your cornerback one. So you, you're mm-hmm. just trying to help out. Most likely, like you said, he's a slot, a nickel kind of guy, and he can grow off of that. I mean, that's a good. You're, you're trying to build out as you can. I know Eagles fans aren't going to like this because they want an offensive weapon or, worst case, for you, a, a, a great offensive line prospect at six, but they're a team that, if they can, should probably trade down. They should. I mean, they absolutely as, should. It's just, you're clearly, like Adam said, you're not competing for a Super Bowl this year. You have a chance to compete for a playoff spot only if your division somehow continues to be this inept. Uh, but... <laughs> That's that's your only shot, realistically, and or hurts absolutely lighting up the field, which is a possibility, but obviously there's question marks there. So why not build for the future right now? The problem is you have Howie Roseman that might not be the future. So please, please when let that, that happen. Hap- <laughs> but when <laughs> that happens, Adam, you have this mix of trying to fix it all now and it costs you for the future. Uh, it, I hope that doesn't happen. I really do. Me too. Because I mean, and, and I don't think Howie Rosen would pick all these people because I think all these people yeah. are good picks. So, uh, well, and there's linebackers in each one. So, uh, but I mean, if you nail a draft or two here, you can get right back into this. I mean, you really can. Christian, with your mock, you have yeah. Sewell already off the board. Okay, I, sure I was going to make sure, like, yeah. I feel like, I yeah, really, yeah. truthfully, like, at the sixth pick, if we want one offensive tackle, I would be fine, like, fine by me, any player, 
besides a quarterback, I'll truly be happy with. I just feel Tua yeah, be a lot better than Slater. <laughs> I was getting worried that you had uh, yeah. took Slater over yeah, Sewell. Yeah. No, he. Oh. We we're in a firm belief that Sewell's gone at either three or five. <laughs> yeah. So, and th- this ultimately too is me listening to what other people are saying and throwing out my eval because I have Slater like tackle four, tackle five. I don't. That, so that's why it makes sense because it's a Howie pick. Oh, it's a Howie it's a reach. Reach. <laughs> so wait, here's smart. So oh Slater. I mean, every mock I've seen has seen Slater go between like ten and fifteen. He, if you're yeah. a smart ha- jam, yeah. so not Howie Roseman, are you sticking at six to take Slater, or are you moving back if he's your top choice? Mm. I I think probably with... I would move back. Okay, so Howie's gonna move yeah. up to get him then. I, Sorry, pencil that in. Yeah, he's going up to four. I fucking hope. Uh, I, honestly, honestly, even if he fucks up half this draft, as long as he doesn't trade up to draft a quarterback, I think. You guys may have won the draft with Howie Roseman as GM. I there's a chance he does it, and I'm very scared. I, Never doubt how <laughs> I swear Never doubt it. it. I, I'm I'm not even like obviously I think these quarterbacks are decent to solid worst case. So it's not like it would absolutely destroy the Eagles. I think it just destroys that that person and hurts. It just hurts both of them. I'd rather, no pun intended, I'd rather they be spread out amongst the league and we get some good quarterback play all around. Howie Rosen's going to pull a yeah. Sonny Weaver and trade up for the first pick, give all the stuff away to take <laughs> anybody but Trevor Lawrence. Michael Bar- Michael 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 Parsons. Parsons. <laughs> no, Michael Parsons. <laughs> Unless he views him as an edge, there's no chance Michael Parsons goes to that. True, but you could. All right, uh, let's get out of here. This one went a little bit longer, which we kind of knew was going to happen. So uh, thank you, Adam, for joining us. Anytime we have Eagles content, you are welcome back. Uh, I, and sometimes you have, else, any other time. Adam, you have something to plug. <laughs> plug your, your shit I tomorrow. do. I got another Is article dropping tomorrow for all about the birds. The landings, all the, all the options for the Eagles quarterback factory now that Carson has been traded. And so I'm not missing right. Taylor. Okay. So sorry, Christian. Love it. That's okay. Don't you have another thing to plug? Aren't you going to be on the oh, yeah. show on Saturday? We have the draft special. We're going to go through uh, Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft. Um, reason for that is he actually has the Eagles taking Kyle Pitts. So that's kind of where the idea popped from. So we'll be breaking down uh, his first round mock draft. Um, Saturday live nine o'clock uh, nine p.m. Uh, probably on Twitter. Yeah, probably on Twitter. All about the birds. Had to think about it there for a second, but check us out this Sunday at nine p.m. Good, good stuff. Yeah, like I said, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, you're you're always welcome back, and I'm sure we're gonna talk shit to you when Howie Roseman fucks up this draft. I'm, I'm waiting so. for it. I'm fully fully ready for it. <laughs> Love it. All right, Randy, do you have anything to add before we bounce? Not a chance. No. All right. Well, I do. Oh, you thought I was guy. closing it. <laughs> uh, I forgot, but we need we need more Apple Podcast reviews. We're we're oh, holding yeah. spots on charts. Um, so we are kind of stagnant at our reviews, and we got a one star. They called us boring. 
if you want to call us boring, that's cool, but just drop the four stars or at least four, preferably five. We would love a five-star review, uh, even if you think we suck. But I get being uh, handling yourself with integrity. So uh, shout out to the guy who left us a one-star review. Uh, we can read it, but it literally just says boring. Stats are good. Good information, but boring. I guess he's never so, met you, uh, he's never met you in real life. Yeah, I mean, I think it might be Sean. Oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, but yeah, so leave us leave us reviews. We need them. Go check out the website, thecutffb.com. Go check out our Twitter at thecutffb. Check out my Twitter at ffbaldman. Check out Randy's Twitter at Randy underscore Hall 71. Check out Adams at AA Mac. There's numbers. Fuck. What is One, it? One, two, three, four. Oh, yeah. that was easy. Damn it. Hey, at least I knew it was AA I Mac. Right? I honestly didn't look it up because I didn't even know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll have to get you a handle. But um, anything else? No, I don't think anything else. So for Adam Mac, for Randy Hall, I am Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys next week. Later.